Kinks and Beats Daily, the podcast devoted to the music of the Kinks and the Beatles. I'm your host, Tony Fry. This is episode 193. And today we're talking about a song called Look at Me by John Lennon. And if I mapped this out correctly, I'm almost positive this is coming out on December 7th, which is uh, the day before the anniversary of John Lennon's murder. Which is, you know, it's always a sad, this happened a year before I was born. So my my connection to it is only through uh, news and reading stuff and, and hearing from other people who did live through it, you know, how they reacted to it. But it's still sad, you know, even though it all happened before. I've never known a world where John Lennon was alive. Um, and this is the 40th anniversary. This is, we are at the point now where he's been gone as long as he was here. And so I didn't intend for that to be the case. Um, You know, I've told you several times these songs come up randomly. And all I do is is I make sure that we do a Kinks and a Beatles every other day. But in terms of what song we actually talk about, it's random every, every day. So that this one um, is is coming out the day before that anniversary is kind of fitting, and it, and the, it's this song is kind of fitting because we're we're talking about words like you know look at me who am I supposed to be, what am I supposed to be, um, what am I supposed to do? This was a man who struggled with these kinds of questions his entire life, and this album did I even mention the song? We're talking about look at me which was released December 11th, 1971 on the album Plastic Ono Band, which was his first proper solo recording. We're not going to, you know, he did some avant-garde stuff with Yoko prior to the Beatles breakup, but after the official breakup and, and he sat down to actually record a proper album, this was his first release. And I've talked about it before. We've covered other songs from this album. It's a tough listen. But it's a worthwhile listen because it is it's very raw, it's very exposed. Um, the subject matter is 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 very therapeutic for John. You know, and you know, he's exercising a lot of demons um in his lyrics and, and his vocal delivery and all that kind of stuff. So when you contrast it with, you know, a decade later, he's going to come out with Double Fantasy, which is a very different, I mean, those two albums could not possibly be further from each other and still be rock and roll albums. Both equally great, in my opinion. But, you know, they're very different. He's definitely in a different mind space a decade later when he gets sadly killed. This track is a very rare instance where John was by himself on a recording. It doesn't happen often. It happens, I think, more on Plastic Ono Band than anywhere else in the entire catalog. Just off the top of my head, I can't think of another place that it ever happens. You know, he's got Look At Me, uh, Working Class Hero is just him on guitar. Um, There are not a lot of moments where it's just John and a guitar or John and a piano. And we had Julia on the White Album, which is the only song by the Beatles that was just him. 
And then this is another one that's that's very similar. The acoustic guitar and vocals are double track, and there's no other instrument instrumentation on the track. And the finger pattern that he's using on the guitar is it's that Travis picking we've talked about before, and and it's and it's an extension of his guitar work um, from Julia or Dear Prudence. And in fact, I'd say in a lot of ways, this is a sequel to Julia. Thematically, musically, um, it's like if if Julia was the the tribute to his mom, this song "Look at Me" is the you know, okay, now she's gone. What do I do? What am I supposed to be? You know, this kind of this like, you know, he went from in one song talking about his love of of his mother. And in this song, kind of like dealing with the loss of being like a, a, you know, a guy growing up without a rudder of a mother or a father. The song actually dates back to 1968 and the Beatles trip to India, where coincidentally, Julia and dear Prudence were also written. And it's where he learned to do that Travis picking. So that's why it's so frequent. You don't hear it on help right? But you hear it from the White Album on, you hear it all over the place because he learned how to do that um, in India. Him and George learned how to do this Travis picking. Um, but he didn't record it in earnest until these sessions, and the recording of this track was October 7th, 1970. Eleven years to the day before I was born. And the tune is written in the key of A major, and every single site I could find that listed the chords say that he's playing with a capo on the second fret. And and if you do the second fret with the capo, you can play the shapes as if you're in G. And this would make it much easier to play if it um, weren't for the first note of the song being an open E. So I don't know where these people get the idea that it's um, capoed because his first note is that open E. He's doing. He's basically doing the I'm so tired. He's doing the I'm so tired intro, but it's an open six string. So how do you do that if the capo's on the second fret? And I don't think he uh I don't think it was like an afterthought overdubbed because every demo I've heard that dated back to 1968, he starts with that that open E. So like it would make it much easier to play. But it's 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 impossible to play it correctly. Um, so if you want to play it like John, you are going to have to stretch your fingers a little bit. And it's the same stretch that he did for we talked about it on. Um, I've got a feeling, where you're barring the A chord, and then you've got your pinky on that fifth fret for the octave. It's a tough stretch. Um, it's not an easy guitar part. And he doesn't stay for a, in A for very long. And in fact, thanks to some of his bass tone leading, um, he sort of shifts around a lot of chords on this song. He's like, uh, you know, he's doing a lot of the... And then we've got like this B9... So immediately, this, the third chord he hits, he is shifted out of the key of A. And do it by doing that B major 9 chord, uh, he's out of the key already. 
And then for the bridge, or the, I guess it's the chorus, really. Um, he's up of the D, and then a B minor, and then a C sharp minor to F sharp minor. Um, and that is a little bit more grounded, even though he switched to a D as his first chord. That's at least in the key of A. The B minor is in the key of A. The C sharp minor. So like he's he's kind of sticks more in the key. Um, but then when the verse comes back, it's it's all over the place again. Uh, I actually like this song quite a bit, but this is one of the worst recordings on the Plastic Ono Band album, in my opinion. And and I'm including the horrible edit in Working Class Hero. First off, I can't tell if it's intentional or not, but John's vocal has a wobble to it that makes it sound as if it's overcompressed. And I know he liked to add a lot of effects to his voices, um, but this doesn't sound to me like it's a normal studio effect. And and I'm not talking about when I say it sounds overcompressed. I'm not talking about studio compression, which allows it to be louder and everything. But like when you make a a copy, like remember the old days of Napster and you would get like a, a download of an MP3 that was at a super low bit rate, you know, like 64 or whatever the low, low one was. And like the symbol crashes would wobble and you'd have like this almost underwater kind of uh, uh, audio artifacts on it. That's what I hear on his voice. It's like if you took a copy of a copy of a copy of an MP3. And each time that sound degrades, this is what happens to that sound degradation. And that's what his vocal sounds like. Um, and I don't know if he did it on purpose. It just sounds weird, but if it was a bad recording technique or a bad mastering technique or something, they've had 50 years to fix it. Um, also there's, there are instances where John flubs parts on the guitar which in itself isn't that bad, but since it's double tracked, um, if he flubbed it on the first track, but nailed it on the second one, now you've got this mistake clashing against the correct take, right? Because this was not, they did not, um, nowadays what they would do digitally is he could record the first track and then they copy that and delay it just a little bit. And now it sounds like two guitars, but they're playing the exact same thing. He actually sat there and played two different guitars. You know, two. he played the track twice on top of each other. And so if you've got a mistake in one, but not in the other, it clashes more than just a mistake would clash by itself. Um, like I know he was going for a spontaneous feel and he wanted it to be naked and raw and all that kind of stuff. But this is a play, pr pretty glaring issue. And we know George Martin wouldn't have put up with it because when he flubbed guitar parts in Julia recording that for the white album, you know, we hear him miss it or get it right. You know, we hear that George Martin is making sure he gets it right, you know, uh, on the anthology. So those things, aside it's a beautiful song but it's tough to listen to sometimes especially if you're on headphones because it is just it's not very well recorded and this is being produced by phil Spector. 
So the song might suffer from the recording, but it stands as a gorgeous follow-up to um, the the recordings, the songs that came out of John's India period. And, you know, and he wrote some great stuff during that period. And I think this ranks highly among them. It's a really pretty song. And if you haven't listened to it, check it out. A lot of people, for whatever reason, um, don't seem to have dug into Plastic Ono Band. It's definitely worth a listen. You know, there's some songs on there that you're really going to like. And like I said, some of them you already know. They do appear on Greatest Hits packages and stuff. But some of them are going to be tough to listen to. This is not an album you listen to when you're cleaning the house or, you know, doing your morning jog. But when you're in the mood to listen to this album, it's it's a really good listen. That's all I got. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, swingbyherohabit.com. And under the podcast link, um, there's a, a button for Kinks and Beats Daily. You can get all the information on how to get a hold of me there, including our email, our voicemail number, our Facebook group, our Twitter handle, and where you can go if you'd like to just contribute $4 a month to help keep this podcast ad-free and uh, you know help us cover the costs of hosting it and recording it and all that kind of stuff. All right. Take care. Listen to some John Lennon music tomorrow and uh, have a great day. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by herohabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. Herohabit.com. Collect your heroes.